Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Working class on DeerCast. And I don't know if this is a first. I'm going to claim it because why not? But I don't know if anyone's ever recorded a podcast quite like this. I'm with uh, Mark Drury and Perry. And this is a specimen of a whitetail here. He's the guest, right? He's the guest, yeah. <laughs> he's the guest on the podcast. We're just yeah. the co-host. We should have got him a headset. He's the star of the show. He right? is the star of the show. This is a um, showstopper. Do we want to go in right away and talk about how big this deer is? Because I don't know if someone's ever pod. I mean, maybe someone's podcasted over a buck, but I don't know about a buck this big. <laughs> maybe, and and we just pulled him out of the cooler. I mean, yeah. So he's cold, but the, he's freezing cold. <laughs> yeah. So we got him out of there t- to do this because Kurt, he was coming over today anyway, anyway, and he was like, "Can we do a podcast over that deer?" Because I killed him last night, and uh, well, I, I was like, "Sure." I here. didn't know you killed this deer. True. Yeah. And I was planning on coming today anyway. And yeah, and then you, you you texted me last night. We had a podcast at our studio. You texted me last night and said, hey, I have a surprise for you. And I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever that is, you <laughs> yeah. know. And then uh, you must not have been able to take it. You couldn't wait. Finally FaceTimed him. He FaceTimed me, and I'm like, what? And I'm like, He's in bed, and I'm like, how many times you FaceTimed me in bed or podcasted me while we were in bed? And, and yeah, uh, yeah. I was like, hey, I got to show you something. So we and were I, having a good time celebrating. We, we were having a great time. I yeah. don't think anybody watching or listening, if you're listening, you need to get on and watch this because no one would blame you for this. This is a, I mean, a whitetail unlike anything I've ever seen in person in the flesh. This thing is just a, it's a, the, exactly what you want in a big midwestern mature whitetail and i don't even know where you want to take the story first i don't know where the build-up is on this um but all i know is i'm excited to be talking to you guys and podcasting true hunting camp fashion Literally. over the whitetail himself yeah you don't get any more raw or in the moment than this i mean he's, he hasn't been dead 24 hours yet yeah so. no yeah 
Um, I, it, you know, it, it's a long story with this guy. Um, it, in fact, we're doing a series called Deer Season 21. And during the summer, we have summer picks from a lot of different farms and whatnot. And mm-hmm. he was really the best deer we had pictures of, obviously. Yeah. And um, <laughs> Josh was like, I'd really like a big deer for the static, you know, the thumbnail on YouTube. Yeah. And I was like, use this one. He's the biggest deer we have pictures of. Yeah. And he leaves every year. So I said, go ahead and use him because he ain't staying anyway. I mean, <laughs> right. I've had pictures of him since he was three and a half. Yeah. And he'd, he'd shed his velvet and he would either leave just prior to shedding his velvet or the moment he shed his velvet and he was gone. Just wasn't his fall range is what you were thinking? I, or? I just assumed he just went rutting somewhere else. And I didn't yeah. know if that was... A half mile, a mile, or 10 miles because they they do move a lot. I just yeah. knew it was somewhere safe because he kept showing back up the next summer. I'm yeah. like, oh, there, there's the disappearing act. That's what I call him. Like, yeah, yeah. He'd disappear every fall. <laughs> and um, for whatever reason, this year I about blew me away when I got his picture hard horn mm-hmm. in mid-September. And I'm like, he's here. Perry, check it out. He's here. There's, a, there's I, a chance. Well, but I'm like. He's going to leave. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm convinced he's just not left yet. You know? Also, this year, he was the biggest. Prior to the years, we had other big deer. Yeah. So maybe he got run out. You know, oh, that, okay. That's yeah, yeah that's, that's what my theory is. Hierarchy changed. But still, yeah. rut range is rut range for whitetails. They yeah. they often don't do what this deer did. Mm-hmm. So, Thankfully. <laughs> yeah, thankfully. I was like, he wasn't even on the radar. No. Because right? of just prior our, patterns. Our pre-fall of... plans. Like, he, was not, he did not figure in any of the plans because he leaves. Yeah, yeah. We would, we would have never put him as the YouTube static for deer season one. No. no. I'm yeah. not going to put a 216-inch deer on YouTube go, look what we, you know. Yeah, I mean, right. I'm private about certain things, right, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're just not going to. But I was convinced he was going somewhere else. So. For sure. Um, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, you, you, I knew he was an incredible specimen. I yeah. we got pictures of him this summer. I was like, Oh man, look, look what disappearing yes. act did this summer. And, uh, I knew he was entering his, he's six and a half, uh, because I've had pictures of him since he was three and a half. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was like, Oh my goodness. And then mid September, I'm checking a reconics camera and I'm getting pictures of him mm-hmm. and I'm like, he's on the farm. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, I can't even believe this. And then 30th of September, last picture, gone. Nothing. I'm like, all right, now he left. He was just a there month, he goes. month okay. behind. Back to the month he behind. Did, he did daylight, though, that day. Like, he was yeah, out he, in he the Yeah, he daylighted on the 30th and then not another picture. And um, I was like, now he went wherever he goes. For sure, yeah. And then. Which would make sense from for what you knew. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, the night of the 6th of October. I get a picture at 11.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. on the plot he had daylighted at. So it's it's the middle of the night, and I'm like, sent it. In a gr- we have a group text or a group shared album. Myself, Perry, Wade, Josh, Carson, Taylor. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, I look at all the cell reports daily from Missouri and Iowa, and then I throw them all in the shared album so that everybody sees the information that I pulled out of all the files. Yeah. And I'm like, I text Perry because Wade's in, Wade's in Alberta. And I was like, it came back. I was like, we got trying tomorrow night. At 11 at night. 11 at night. Yeah. Mid, you know, middle of the night picture. I'm like, we got to try. Yeah, we got to go. This may be our only opportunity to hunt this deer. Mm-hmm. And and I went back and looked at his pictures from the, I think it was the 28th or 29th of September. I had a middle of the night picture of him. Mm-hmm. And then he daylighted on that plot the next night. And I was like, we're liable to, we're liable to see him. Yeah. Yeah. 
And all day yesterday, this was the most eerie thing about this story. Taylor came to me four different times. She'd grab me and she goes, you're going to kill that deer tonight. She goes, I just feel it. She goes, it's, I've got this strong, eerie, crazy feeling. You're killing that deer tonight. Mm-hmm. I mean, her intuition was, it's, it gives me chills to think no about kidding. it. She was emphatic yep. about it. She, she said told it everybody in camp about times. it. Multiple times. Multiple really? times. She goes, you're killing him tonight. I can feel it. And sure enough, like Perry, we were in the blind, and, and the setup is like a basically a football field, mm-hmm. white-tailed deer radish plot, and then... 300 yards or 250 yards of grass that's tall as Perry, you know? The nastiest you've seen. It's really? a jungle, yeah. right? And there's big willow thickets. It's a big bottom field, and we have 30 acres of solid cover yeah. at the south end of this bottom and a plot in the middle of it. Yeah. And Perry's like, I, I see deer back there. Like, I saw some movement in the grass. Just uh-huh. quick, you know, flash fleeting or glance. Yeah. yeah. And I threw my little pulls up, and he was in one hole in the grass – Standing there, facing the plot. And I go, it's him. Yeah. <laughs> I go, it's him. And he couldn't see him. So I grabbed the camera, got a little footage, and then he spots him. So I give it back to him. Yeah, yeah. And um, oh, he he marched through the grass. It's, it's it's like a parting of the Red Seas. The grass is just yeah. like his rack is coming through yeah. that grass. and He comes 200 yards and everything. He's just moving the grass. and just... n- Nothing like shaking us to the core. Oh, right? I can only imagine. Because <laughs> yeah. he, you know. He's a, he's a show. Don't mess stopper. up, Perry. <laughs> get no, it on film. <laughs> when you get in a moment like you have faith in who sure. you're with, hey, yeah. there's not going to be a slow mess the up. game down. Hundred percent. I was trying to. It was almost impossible. <laughs> it's to be hard with this. It was almost impossible. Yeah. I mean, just a like I said, but he's the star of the show. Like you just don't don't uh, see whitetails like this. My buddy Jim Burns, growing up hunting, they just don't come around. Nope. That's what he always said. They don't exist. Yeah. Right. They don't. They don't exist. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Look at million and a half, two million photos a year, and th- th- these are never in them, right? Yeah. He was this year, but that's only because he, he reached, you know, an age Every, of six. Everything worked out for him. And yeah. maybe somebody will watch this podcast and go, I, I know that deer, and I'd love to know That'd be cool. where he went every year. Yeah, yeah. Somebody, I always wonder that. Somebody knows him, I would assume. I would think so. A deer like this, you know, even someone sees him on, like, cross a road somewhere in front of him. Like, you see a deer like this, and you go, I saw a you know, that's like that's how legends and rumors oh, yeah. get spread is, yeah. is deer like this. Yeah. You know, deer like you've never seen before. Deer like you've never seen before. And I wonder if I, I always wonder when we talk about big bucks like that, if those kind of more behind the scenes stories will come out after. And Sometimes they do. I, yeah, it's cool. I think, you know, um, like we did the giant tracker with Munson, that yep. big buck. And he found out afterwards when uh, they were butchering it, they found a broadhead in it. Oh, wow. And that was kind of came in, I think, after the giant tracker like article write-up segment was posted on, on DeerCast. And I'm wondering, I'm like, I wonder if that person will reach out. And, and sees this. And, and say, hey, I shot a buck last year that looks similar to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anything like that adds to that buildup for that whitetail, which I think is cool to their timeline it is cool cool yeah, story say. so but, i mean you could get i mean he went straight to the the cooler who knows you could get to cleaning him up and f- i mean i mean you could. know what i mean you could find sure. a head in him or something crazy who oh, knows yeah. you never know yeah that's so. what adds to the timeline you just wonder where they went and what happened with to no, them while they were gone no doubt but go back into so he's coming through and you just you're trying to slow the game down. I imagine both of you guys are in your own way. I'd let Perry, what's your perspective at that point? I mean, he's walking right into your lens, essentially. Yeah, he's walking <laughs> right at me. I just I don't shake the camera and yeah. make sure the numbers are ticking on the record. Right, yeah, like what I'm doing right now, just to make sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. C- control the breathing. He walks walks into that radish plot and 
faces us and eats for a little bit, and he got to 37. And I'm, he, Perry's going. How far is he? I'm, and I'm giving him. Yeah. So he knows. Yeah. What, okay. He knows what distances I'll shoot at and what I won't. So I said 37. You know, and I'm like, but the, when he got to the field, there was three or four other bucks out there eating, and they all just they're like Later. it was funny they <laughs> all stopped eating and they all walked right past us at under 30 yeah, yeah. and on either side of us and i'm like he's gonna follow him yeah but he didn't he cleared the plot and then he put his head down and didn't stop eating <laughs> he's like all right this is he mine. was mauling those deer yeah. rashes perry's got footage of him hanging out both sides i mean it's all plant just in his mouth really yeah they oh, love yeah. those deer radishes man no kidding yeah and he's turns broadside and kind of walks away from us a few yards and that's yeah, i was he, like ah, i just lost yardage you know because yeah, he's at right. 37 i thought he's going to continue to work past us because behind us behind all this brush is a huge 20 acre corn and bean field right yeah, a yeah. destination food source which is generally the flow they come through the green and they go way out in the middle of the yeah, big yeah. bottoms but he didn't do that he turned away and i'm like that ah. Stupid, Don't, dumb. I, heard, I just passed a thirty-seven. Idiot, idiot, idiot. I heard the release clip onto the string when he turned away, and I thought, "Okay, we're about to we're in business." <laughs> and then he parks himself directly behind the scrape tree. We have yep. a scrape tree in this yeah. plot, and and just stands there. We lose another five minutes right there. Yeah. And then he finally came out from behind it, and I'm I'm shaking, trying to get the range, and I'm getting I get 55, I get 22, like I'm all over, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm like none of this is real. Anybody would be experiencing the same situation. <laughs> so I keep clicking, I, I 43, 43. Okay, I'm on him finally, yeah, you know. Yeah. So he was 43 point something or another, and I told Perry, I said, here we go. Mm-hmm. So then I I was lucky to hit him good, you know. Yeah. Smoked him, hit him real good. Smoked him. Yeah, you showed me the the quick shot before we started yeah. recording and it is i mean you couldn't you couldn't put it any better no really i mean so they you had to have slowed the game down your head mentally to i did you have to on a deer like this because i think i'd be falling apart oh 100 because i'd be <laughs> we both were yeah. i'd be calling loophole and be like hey can you make like a 200 inch deer image stabilization for yes. your range finders <laughs> help me out yeah <laughs> but i i can't even imagine he runs 40 yards and dies on film in the plot in the radishes. in the plot it didn't leave the radishes nope. no i don't know if it was 40 it wasn't far yeah it was it might have been 30 yeah i mean he give, did not go far give me your mindset I, I want both of you guys give me the mindset reaction when you see that arrow land where it hit him well i said it yeah he said immediately i go smoked him 43 yards i immediately said it yeah like, yeah and you i mean you're watching it through the camera. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you see it probably even better than oh, yeah. he sees it. Yeah, and 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 then and immediately my reaction, like this, th- that shot and making that shot, like I'm capable of that shot. Last year I had a deer in the same plot, and I hit him back here. And I hit his artery, and I was lucky enough to get him. There's mm. a deer we call BW, but I'm like, what did you just do? Like, mm. I mean, I practice at 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 yards yeah. so that when you get a shot. It's, it's easier. It's, it's easier. Yeah. And I, I can make those shots. And, and I, I, I squeezed my bow. And when I squeeze my bow, I hit high right. You know, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. It, it's torque yeah. out of excitement. Yeah, yeah. So towards the end of the season, I took some carpet and turned it upside down where it scratched my hand. And I, I would remind myself because I'm not slowing the game down, obviously. I'm over yeah. over squeezing. Yeah. And in my reaction, I told Perry, I, I've said it. I was like, 
I worked all summer to make sure I don't do this again because we owe it to them to make an ethical shot. That's not right. That's unacceptable for me or anybody else. For sure. And I'll be the first to say that. I was so mad at myself last year because I made two not great shots. And I'm like, this is ending. Mm -hmm. So mentally, all summer, I'm like, I am not going to do this ever again. I saw Levi at the Matthews Summit this summer, and I was like, I was telling him how I put the carpet on there as a reminder. And I said, I need something sharper, you know, so I never (laughs) squeeze it again. He goes, hey, man, there's, I know a guy that's got some prototypes coming out. Yeah. And uh, he had them sent to me. And I don't, I'll show you on my bow. Yeah. But I mean, they don't ever grab Mark's bow. It is painful to grab my bow. (laughs) This is like a training device. It's like a little button with a spike on it. And you feel it. Anybody that grabs it goes, wow! You know, but I can feel it. I I put my hand out there and you touch it and you're like, "Uh uh-uh, it's loose grip, you know? Oh, yeah. Leveled my level and took my time and I slowed the game down and I I was breathing correctly Mm -hmm. and I let it fly. I mean, it hit exactly where I was aiming and he didn't drop, so. Dude, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, this is the exit hole here if you're watching and it's just money. It's perfect. So, killer shot. Way to keep it together because I don't know if I'd be able to do it. <laughs> it this bug is just well, massive. Sometimes when you make mistakes, you make yourself better, right? Yeah. You're like, yeah. don't let this happen again, you know? Definitely. Well, that's it, why we practice. We're out there to be, make clean kills, not, you For know. sure. For sure. And that's what, you know, I had a, that mule deer hunt coming up, and, you know, it was high pressure for me, you know, going in. First deer hunt since my dad passed and stuff, and I told everybody shooting. I was like, I'm, I'm shooting my bow this summer like I'm training for a fight. And that's what I did. And you have to. Yeah. Got you know? to. Muscle memory's got to take over. And it paid off. So, yep. um, and you just need to keep after it. But, you know, I mean, way to keep it together and slow the game down on this stud. So, t- talk to me like he goes and falls, and then and then what? Like, what happens then? <laughs> Good thing the the blind walls are sturdy because we were both <laughs> leaning against some like. We were. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it was crazy. It was hot in that blind. <laughs> there was a lot of breathing, a lot of body heat right there yeah. in that moment. Yeah. So, it uh, we just let it all loose then I from bet. that moment till four in the morning we let it loose. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> from the moment he fell till four a.m. we did not stop. <laughs> no, letting it loose. We That's had a good awesome. good night last night. So what? Uh, I mean, how how much time do you give this deer? Like, are you are you the guy that like you, let's go get our hands on him, or did you just soak in the moment until you got up to him, or like how how much time did you wait for you went and put your hands on? Immediate. Him? We did yeah. a few things in the blind that we needed to do and got our stuff, and we went to him immediately. Yeah, and then proceeded to get swarmed by mosquitoes it's a it's a nasty wet bottom and they were in yeah. there man oh, I mean, yeah. that camera light came on and it went yeah, they're all they're all right here i'm <laughs> filming there's a camera light it's just that's <laughs> but we did our recovery tagged him immediately yeah. and then the access into that bottom is is quite a jaunt around the farm through a pasture mm-hmm. and we had to get out and then come all the way back around and then go through the heart of the farm so yeah that allowed us to wait for carson and taylor and also Josh. So yeah, yeah. we all, as a group, family, went down there and, and recovered the deer together. That's awesome, man. God, yeah. that's got to be so fun. This, this thing is, I mean, this is the surprise, right? You know, I get mm-hmm. here and I'm like, we, we're, we're podcasting over this buck because, it's, I mean, you don't get the opportunity. Like, deer like this don't come around, man. They don't exist. And it's 216 and 5.8s. Five 5.8s. Five mm-hmm. <laughs> and we measured him. Slowly and carefully oh, last yeah. night. Added yeah. it a few oh. times. and I don't think there's any question. And one side, what, what this side is. was 100, 101 or 100. 101 and a few A's. Yeah. yeah. His left side's 101 inches. <laughs> no kidding. With, yep. with beams, mass, and, and uh, spread, he's like 120-something. Yeah. Without. Beams, mass, and spread. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. 
Well, I mean, there's no question that deer is what we're saying it is because, I mean, and I don't know, I know he looks big on video, but when you get around a deer like this and you're taking photos with your phone and you're looking at it, you're just, it's incredible. Well, it's, it's beams. One was 29 inches, one was 30. Those don't exist either. Mm -mm. That's insane. No. That's absolutely insane. I'm a, Actually, I'm an official measurer, and I always say, like, you start to see good measurable deer at, like, 25. Like, tw 24 is getting yep. good. Like, 25 mm -hmm. beams is, like, getting really, good Really, really yeah, good, yeah. yeah. So, you get bucks You with, see a lot of beams in the 20 to 22-inch range. A lot. A lot. Most, Most deer are 20 to 22. Most but, mature deer are 20 to 23. Yep. And then I know, like, you get a buck that does 26 27 beams you're like ooh, good Whoa, beams big. good yeah. beams you know different class my old man's last buck i measured the buck he's a clean eight with a a kicker down here off his base like right above his eye i'm you know i'm guessing yeah he's probably mid 40s a good eight you know just like an eight with that and i measured it and i didn't t account for his beams and his threes 160 even 27 inch beams mm. and i'm like well i didn't but he's shaped fine. Because you never, you never look at one and go, oh, he's got a 27-inch beam. You can't, like, no. anticipate it, it, that because it it's so rare. Well, and then the way the buck grew, he was, like, cantered a little bit. Like, one beam kind of went in, and he grew kind of off to the side. So he was deceiving. He looked tight in one side, but wide from the other. And so I'm like, 160. So I measured him two other times. I'm like, oh, yeah, just I didn't give him the credit the deer deserved, really, sure. for what he was. So, yeah, I mean, a deer like that is just, he's got everything. I mean, he, he really does. He's got it, and he had our, he had our full attention. I can promise you that. <laughs> yeah, he did not leave property. I mean, he stuck around just long enough to uh, to pay for it. He just we're very blessed. Like I said, he yeah. went from not on the radar to, eh, let's go try. Maybe he'll come out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, literally that, that that. So what what do you think? I mean, you know, you said you got the picture of him. Um, you know, at like eleven thirty p.m. and then he daylighted. He daylighted it, and then you got a night photo of him? No, he had been versa. gone a week. Gone a week, okay. Yeah, and then I got a nighttime picture, and I was like, I'll be doggone, he did come back. Because when he left on November 30th, I'm like, or September 30th, I'm yeah. like, he's gone for good now. You yeah. know, this is when he did his deal. But I got that 1130, and I'm like, maybe he is going to oh, yeah. I thought he had daylighted. I thought maybe He I... did back in September. Okay. September 30th, okay. he daylighted. Yeah, yeah, like 29th, I got a nighttime picture, and then he daylighted the next night. And I'm okay. like, maybe he'll do it again. He did. What do you think that is? Do you think it's just, I mean, it's just, I mean, I don't know if there's a pattern there to look at or to acknowledge or if well, it's just it's what this time of the year, this phase, we're in phase two greener pastures. They're not moving yet. Like they're not traveling and looking. They might on, on an occasion, mm -hmm. but right now they're pretty much eating and bedding. Yeah. And I'm like, if he's there at 1130, he's probably could be close in to there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. We got yeah. the bedroom. We got the bedroom. I call it my buck hotel. Buck hotel. <laughs> yeah. He was a guest that's, last that's night. That's the nasty stuff? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, my. It's stupid. You step two steps into it, and you're like, I'm not walking any farther. Yeah. I'm turning around. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. That's yeah. where I killed BW last year. He was 180-something. One, 181, I believe. 181. Yeah. It came out of the same grass. Man. I mean, they just love it right there. It shades real good, real early. Yeah. And, and this uh, buck's giving danger a run for his money on, on score. Essentially, the same danger was like four or five eighths larger than him. <laughs> and Bucktober would have been the same had he not broke off that, that inside time. So. Yeah, that's incredible, man. How cool. It's, yeah. I mean, we're kind of speechless about it, honestly, because, yeah. it, you, you know, you just don't expect to see him. And we did. You know, my favorite thing is, man, and, um, and I'm sure you probably have a similar perspective of what I do. And, and I'm, I'm doing this to give you credit and maybe see, like, you know, growing up watching you and as one of my childhood hunting idols and everything – and you would almost think for the amount of, like, 
work you've done and the amount of deer you've killed and big deer that you've patterned and have been successful on that. I think, I think it'd be easy for someone who doesn't know you to maybe be like, Oh yeah. Like you might not be as appreciative of it as you think, like if somebody else were to shoot it and I'll tell everybody listening or watching, that is not the case because I wouldn't have got that excited phone call last night the way I did. And the whole time since we've got here to record podcasts, it has been excitement and high vibes over this animal. And so I will say, and I, and I never doubted you on that, but I just want to clarify for that. If anybody thinks that you don't appreciate these animals because you've killed some big deer, that is not the case. You are just as thankful for this animal as if how I would be if I shot it. So it's cool. It, you know, next to, to, you know, family and God, we Perry's got the same DNA. That's why I love the mossy oak pattern this year, and I'm not wearing DNA today, right now, but DNA is like, what a great name because mm-hmm. your DNA, his DNA, mine, Wade's, Taylor, and everybody watching this right now is identical. It's that yeah. hunting passion. It's the reason we all go out there and do it. And, you know, whoever would have been sitting behind it, like, the, the feeling is unbelievable. It's euphoric. Yeah. It's a euphoric sense of holy cow. Yeah. You know, it's like a deer you just don't ever get to see and then to have the opportunity to to have pictures of him and then to go see him and then actually kill him like it's a it's a rare occurrence and we feel so blessed and, and thankful yeah, and it, yeah. it, it, it's that dna that keeps you going and, and loving sure. it and and loving what what we do like i said god and god family and country frankly and yeah. then and then white-tailed deer and wild turkeys and probably wild turkeys <laughs> and white-tailed deer but oh, come on <laughs> count the same way with every wild turkey right oh yeah every <laughs> single one i freak out like really? i love it so it's, much yeah turkeys are cool i'm not saying they're not turkeys are life there's turkeys no turkey life. that's this cool now, Perry, i'm come glad on. it occurs in the spring come on, Perry. I'm, I'm a turkey hunter come on man i'm the I'm, only guy in here that come i on. love big whitetails but but if I had to pick one, I was turkey hunting. I'd pick it too, nah, and that's saying on. something sitting here over <laughs> it, 200 it, it inch is, here. You know? It is. Hey, to, and you to go back to your point. If Mark wasn't excited, yeah. he wouldn't have Facetimed you at 11:30 while you were in bed. <laughs> right? I'm like, well, <laughs> I got to answer. I got to answer either. Everybody's like, you can't do that. I go, oh yeah, I can. Watch <laughs> me. I go. He has called me so many times in bed doing a podcast, and I'm like, what, Kurt? Finally got him back. So. That's what you said, too. I'm like, Mark, I'm in bed. How many times have I answered your phone calls late at night to do podcasts? I'm like, Check hey, this out, bro. Touche. Oh, okay. That's that's worthy of a FaceTime anytime. <laughs> Definitely. Well, congratulations, man. Thank you. An yes. absolute stud. Yep. Yep. Lucky. 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 Good work. And in a, in a special place. It's cool down in that bottom. And, and frankly – Two or three years out of five, we don't have a food plot down there. It floods all the time. It's a really low bottom. No kidding. And we're in a drought and a dry year, and that's why there was food there. Otherwise, there wouldn't. more often than not, we don't get to put a plot in there. Awesome. But we've had three, four years in a row where we lose them. We'll put them in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They'll come up, get a three-inch rain, Dud. underwater. Wade and I went and replanted it. I think it was two or three years ago on DeerCast, people that might remember that. We mm-hmm. were down there replanting it, getting torn up by mosquitoes, you know, and then we lost it again. Mm. It's stupid how many times we've lost that <laughs> plot. But when it works and you're in a drought, it's it it's, works. It's gold. It's, killer. <laughs> it's magic. Well, I'm glad, you, I'm glad it held up for you because, man, it paid off. It's uh, incredible. And I, I don't know. We'll claim it. We'll say we're the first podcast to do a, podca- a full-length podcast over a 216 and some change-inch buck. I don't know if it's ever been done. I'm sure it has. But hey, we'll give you that credit, brother. I'll take it. You know, whatever's right. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, I'll take it. Why not? Well, but, I don't know where to go from here, man. 
This I don't is know. incredible. On to the on to the next one. On you know, to the next on to one. the next hunt. Whether it be Perry Wade, Taylor, whoever, man, every day is yeah is a special special day around here because we're out there chasing and doing what we love and yeah the prep work's all done and then you get in there and actually go hunt. I I, I made a comment one of the deer season twenty ones. I go. We shoot them during the season, but we kill them now. And I was talking about summer preparation yep. and mm-hmm. stuff. And that, that's this one is in that category. For sure. Definitely. Beautiful buck. It's incredible, man. And I think we'll probably put a giant tracker segment on this episode. But I'm just going to end it with go shoot a giant, guys. Thanks for <laughs> listening. Thanks for watching. I hope everybody shoots one this big. I really I, do. I yeah. do, too. It would uh, deer hunting dreams come true for everyone all around. All right. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We appreciate you. Go shoot a giant. Please do. Big one. Then tell us about it. Giant tracker. All right, guys. Giant tracker segment number three at this point. And uh, so big bucks are already falling. This is a fresh one from this season. And uh, Michael Munson's joining me on this segment. Thanks for doing this kind of during the workday, kind of last minute. Um, But man, what a killer buck you got already this season. Thanks, brother, and uh, no problem at all. It's it's an honor to be on here, um, man. I I shot him in southeast Kansas. I was I was actually reluctant to even put in this year because mm-hmm. uh, we, we I have a new son at home. He's a he's a year and a half, and I uh, I was really wanting to spend a lot of time with him. Yeah. So I put in for Kansas muzzleloader, thinking I wasn't even going to draw out because I I, I was going to put in for a preference point and. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it, when it came time, I was like, Oh, I, I drew out. So I, I've hunted the same place up in Kansas forever. Mm -hmm. And man, it's just the, the daytime, I just don't see many, many during, uh, many during shooting hours. I'll have some one sixties, one seventies, just every few years. Well, I was up Turkey hunting in Kansas a few years ago. And my cousin had told me I need to come up and try his place. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. I knew there was some, you know, there was some bean fields around, you know, there's some crop fields around and there was some good cover, but mm-hmm. his was all Bermuda pasture and, uh, he'd been running cattle. Well, I, uh, I took, I, I went and set some cameras up there, some cellular cameras and for two or three months and had nothing on camera, like, <laughs> Yeah, that's encouraging, I, I was, right? I was like, "Well, this is going to be another year, another wash." Well, oh well, I'm I'm get, get a, or going to get to spend some time with my son. Mm-hmm. And then I was, we were working cattle at work. Oh, what was it? It was earlier towards the beginning of the month of September, which season opens there the 13th. Oh, pretty and, dang early compared to everywhere else. Yes, yeah, and it, I got a text on my phone, or you know, notification. Yeah. And there was this giant and I, like my heart immediately started racing. You know, I, uh, a guy that a buddy that works with me at work, I immediately sh- said, look at this, you know, I'm probably not going to kill this deer, but look how big he is. You know, right. I, was, yeah. I was pretty amped up. So this and, bug just showed up out of nowhere. You had no like hints that there might be a stud like this or anything. No, no, I had, <laughs> I had no, no inkling at all. I, I knew there had been history of big deer here. My cousin was telling me, mm-hmm. but I, you know, I'd ran cameras for two months with does and a few spikes. Well, he rotated his cattle out of, this buck was coming from a, oh, some heavy timber mm-hmm. and cutting across this, there was a little draw and he was cutting across it on my cousin, then going out to this bean field at night. Mm-hmm. Well, he would come back in the, 
conversely, he'd come back in the morning. And I, I didn't hardly have any cover out there. I was, I was, there was one little cedar tree tucked in the middle of, uh, it was right, it was right in his fence line. And it was about mm-hmm. 200 yards from where, where I, I thought he'd been traveling. So I, I yeah. decided to set up there and, uh, just like in a ground blind or what, or did you set up like with no blind or what? I, I talked to one of my best friends about it. You know, I, him and I, Brian Beecham, him and I had done a lot of talking back and forth mm-hmm. about, you know, trying to set up. I, I went up there a couple of weeks before season and I'd found another cedar tree to the South. Uh, and I, I was going to set, or I guess it was to the West, but for a South wind, I was going to set there for a North wind. I was going to set at this tr- cedar tree and that's where I ended up killing them. Yeah. Um, but it was just like, there was hardly any cover. I, di- I didn't put up a ground, a ground blind because uh, I was, I was scared, you know, it was going to push them out of the area. I'm always scared of that too. You know what I mean? Like, cause I don't know. I'm not a big ground blind guy. It's some, I want to kill like a big buck out of a ground blind, but I'm always really weary about that too. Like popping one up and then making it kind of like have a buck on a pattern, like reroute. And then you're kind of out of the chips. Yeah. Um, so tell me like going into that point, you kind of scout out these places. How many trail cam photos were you getting of this deer leading up to that point? Um, I, uh, it was like September 9th, 10th and 11th, which is three, you know, like three, four and five days before season. Yeah. So you're getting like really excited at this point. I'm sure oh, I'm getting really excited because I actually got a daytime photo on the 10th. And oh dang so right in the right in the wheelhouse there oh yeah he was <laughs> he was i wasn't as excited until i got that and that right at that point i showed the picture to my boss and like man if there's any way you can please let me off you know just for this early season muzzleloader i'll work however many hours i need to for the rest of the season you know i had to do whatever <laughs> I, to try to get I mean yeah i don't blame you for doing that it's a decent trade too yeah yeah so that so now i'm back at work hooked up uh that's kind of the you know the give and take it kind of it's, yeah it's and then and then he let you off to do the podcast he's like man i didn't think this deer create all these obligations i bet is what he's thinking now oh yeah yeah i know i know now yeah i thought he was gonna be here every day now yeah what the heck well but, so th- thank you jim for letting me off for a little bit so, yeah shout out to your boss thanks jim yeah shout out to my boss <laughs> so i mean the 10th and season opens the 13th right is what you said yeah yeah so i uh i go up and i hunt opening day see nothing um he disappears or actually he showed up the night of the 13th like two hours after you know when i get back to the house or whatever yeah. and he he which, I is, had still, wrong... which is still probably encouraging right because you know he's no, there it was it was mm-hmm. but he after that he disappeared like he i'm like man he must have smelled my he must have smelled me something i i don't know Mm -hmm. i start second guessing everything and i'm starting to get nervous yeah don't blame you and i had the wrong wind so i started i started just scouting from afar like Mm -hmm. i i said it was my seventh hunt that i killed him but the some of the other hunts was you know 600 yards away scouting with binoculars setting yeah. trying to homework out, hunts out, doing my homework yeah and i actually i i went back to work after four days you know 13th 14th 15th 16th 
uh, I hunted those days and then my wind was just wrong. So I'm like, I'm wasting my time up here. I'm going to go back to work and work through the weekend. I know there's a big cold front coming in. And not only that, the moon, uh, the evenings were going to be good and the mornings were going to be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've learned that from Terry Drury. Thank you. Yeah. But uh, when the moon is hanging high in the mornings, it's normally really good for the morning hunts. And it, when the moon is rising of the evening, it's really good. Well, mm-hmm. I had all the, all that pushing together for me and I didn't have him on camera, but my boss said, you better go try it. And I really wanted to, but when he gave me the, okay, <laughs> yeah, I packed my stuff, headed straight to Kansas. Uh, How far a drive is that for you? Cause you're from Oklahoma, right? It was about a three hour drive. Okay. So yeah, so, you got to plan ahead a little bit. You can't just like, just leave right now and go. No, no. And I, I, so I hurried up there and I actually made that first evening set and I only saw, I only saw two does and I'd been kind of discouraged because that's all I would been seeing. It had been relatively slow mm-hmm. until, until he, I guess until the morning that I, I was able to shoot him, but yeah. go, going, going into that morning, I, uh, I woke up and, uh, my cell cam had texted me and said he was in front of my camera right right then and i like oh like right at like at that moment like he was there right now the second i had set my alarm to wake up to go hunting i looked <laughs> in front of my camera and i'm like oh my god i've got yeah. it so so i rush around and i i throw on my uh i rush around take a shower i bathe down a nose jammer do i, I try to do anything i can to up the odds right. a little bit get the know? advantage yeah. And the night before I talked, I talked with one of my buddies about it. I had the wrong wind to go in, but the thermals, I, I was kind of uphill. And mm-hmm. if I waited till the sun was kind of, you know, coming up, my yeah. thermals should be pushing over them. Well, I'm really nervous as right. I'm pushing in. I can see why. Because, oh yeah. I, I was real nervous. Well, I had, I ended up having a belly crawl about a quarter of a mile because I was scared of getting, I was scared of getting skylit as I was yeah. going in. And I finally got set up and he's nowhere to be seen. Like I, I looked at my phone, I wasn't getting any text, nothing. He had disappeared. And I see three does over off to my right. About 15 minutes later, the sun's kind of just starting to creep up a little bit. And are you sitting in this cedar tree at this point? Yeah. Yeah. And I, gotcha. I don't have very much cover. And I knew, I knew on a deer like this, I was going to have some, have to try some unorthodox, unorthodox tactics. Just, yeah. I had to push what I had because this was the end of that cold front too, to try to well, get that's, you, you had to force kind of have to force the situation to get your opportunity because not only are you three hours away from home and your boss is probably like, man, get back. And so well, you're my trying son, to, my son's missing me too. It was hard. Yeah, that don't make it easier at all. So no. you're trying to get it done while you have that opportunity of this front. So I, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, when I, when I saw those, when I saw those three does off to the right, my heart immediately started pounding because I was, I, I get excited. I, I, yeah. I made up with it, man. I love hunting mm-hmm. just like the rest of us do. Um, but I'm like, man, he's probably going to pop out with them. I was, I was had my hopes up. And then about 10 more minutes went by and nothing. I'm like, man, I've just blown the opportunity at the biggest deer I've ever had on camera. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to come together. And then about five minutes after that, I, I hear some rattling, some antlers kind of rattling together mm-hmm. and uh, to the left, 
there was a little there was a little basket rag buck inside of his rat they was just barely tickling you know they're just playing it was yeah yeah and that like the sun was just about to crest the horizon and like his he just looks he looks bigger than the pictures and i start breathing so hard the folk the the scope completely fogs up and I'm like, how far oh, is he at this point when you see him he's at 200 yards 200 so 200 in the yards. wheelhouse yeah and and i gotta i gotta throw out to a uh, shout out to my buddy uh laramie o'larry with uh lnl outdoors he loaned me he he loaned me his uh muzzle loader mm-hmm. and it's a, a new cva paramount it will shoot it shoots flat i mean he he told me i i could go uh borrow it i i ordered one from him it hadn't made it in so it was the reason i'm throwing a shout out to him he let me borrow his personal muzzle loader and he had it sighted in already but i shot and it was perfect so mm-hmm. he had it zeroed at 200 and he was at the deer was at 186 yards so oh, perfect i felt very comfortable uh very comfortable at that range mm-hmm. but but back to it um I, I I can get a little sidetracked here. No, hey, that's fine, man. That's just storytelling, you know. I think oh, it's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm gonna do that to you because there might be a detail that I'm like, man, I gotta know that. You know what I mean? That's why I yeah. was like into the story. But you know, I, if you're tucked in a cedar tree and you see him, it's like, man, how far? Because if he's 50 yards, I'd be like losing my mind, you know. But I oh, mean, even yeah. 200 of the deer like this, it's still you're in the wheelhouse. It's you can lose your mind a little. <laughs> oh no, no, I did too. I did. Uh, and I was scared of busting those does. They were still to the right mm-hmm. uh, when I looked over and saw him. But my my scope finally cleared back up after getting so excited. I actually had to pull my head away and bring it. Like I had to breathe for forty five seconds to let it. I'm like, just he's a deer. He deserves a clean ethical shot. Of course. You need to calm down, calm your nerves. Well, I got back on him, and I I, I get settled in I, I had a tripod and everything you know because mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't shoot out that far unless i felt really comfortable yeah of course so i go to put a little bit of pressure on the trigger and i have it right like i had it right on the front of his shoulder because he's quarter two harder than i wanted mm-hmm. and i was going to wait for him to turn broadside well i'd only shot that muzzleloader one time before mm-hmm. and to be honest i put just a little bit too much pressure and that the bucks had just pulled apart and I, I put a little bit too much pressure and it surprised me. It went off. And, but I looked up and I seen white belly and, and I was just, I mean, I had tears rolling out of my eyes. I called my oh, best I friend. I called my boss to thank him, you know, like <laughs> I, it, it was, it, it was kind of a cluster to be honest. Like I, yeah. If you know me, that's things aren't always orthodox. Like, well, that's so. a lot going on. Like your brain's trying to process the situation. So when yeah. it went off, you probably were like, oh crap. Oh and yeah. Then, yeah. So then, but I knew, I knew I was solid. So I was actually, I was a little relieved that it went off because I knew I was right on him, but I wasn't yeah. trying to quite shoot yet. I get you. It, yeah. It was, was kind of like a catch 22, you know, but I yeah. Like, Whenever I looked up and seen white belly, I was like, okay. That, so was that. it like classic TV muzzle odor? You know, it's like fogs everything out, then it clears off, and then you see the belly, or how was it? No, with this, uh, this shoots that buckhorn 209. You yeah. Know, and it didn't fog up. It didn't fog up real bad. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I immediately looked up and seen that little buck running off, and I only saw one deer running away. Before I saw the white belly, I only saw one deer running, and I was like, yeah. 
oh, please, 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 please. And I was looking in the eye. And finally, when I saw that white belly, I just, I didn't yell. I didn't anything. I just kind of sat there and took in the moment. I just took in the moment, cried. And then I, I, I you know, when I was calling my buddy, I was like, I, I couldn't hardly talk. <laughs> and he's like, dude, 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 you got it. You've got to just go get after that deer. And I, I called my boss as well, but yeah. I, and I was trying to get reloaded, getting everything out of there. And I, I made sure I got reloaded. I didn't want to get up there and him. Yeah. Just in case. Away, but it, when I finally made it up to the deer, it felt, it just felt so surreal. It was, I can only imagine, man. So did you, all right, I need to know, because when I shoot a deer, if I could see him laying, I kind of like mosey my way up there and kind of like soak in the anticipation of it. You know what I mean? Like I kind of, yeah, yeah. I kind of milk it. Because, yeah, because you live for that moment, you know, oh, and, and that, that's kind of what those phone calls were about. They were they were I know I was hyperventilating, but it was a whisper, you know, I was 200 yards yeah. away. And that's kind of what those phone calls were about was trying to share the moment with friends, because of course, I really I enjoy that's one thing I, I used to do some filming um, and, and I still do some self filming I mm -hmm. don't because I don't want to mess it up. Right, right. But it's just fun sharing the outdoors with with other people and people that you love, you know, so definitely. Well, I mean, I had a couple of buddies. I actually was fortunate enough to have two friends that killed big deer. One guy killed a, uh, my buddy Ross killed like a two Oh two inch with his bow. And then oh. my other buddy killed, I think it went like one ninety six or something with a big like um, club off the one side. And oh, that's we, cool. we named him Tommy Tomahawk. And so it's, I'm hunting in Indiana and he calls me, you know, at, and I'm in the stand. I, I tagged out in Illinois. So I'm like low pressure, like just kind of relaxed hunting. And I see his, his name coming across my phone and I'm like, he did it. So I answer and he's like doing the same thing you're saying. It's like, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah that's I'm like, exactly. slow down and take in the moment. Like, don't rush over there to him. Like let your dad meet you at the gate and go get your dad, bring your dad with you. And like, yeah, you know, like, take in the moment for as long as you can and yeah. just like appreciate it so that's what i do is that's why i was wondering that you know if you because a lot of guys excitement you see guys on some tv shows will run up in there and oh no uh, i i uh you know when i was younger i'd made that mistake before actually with turkeys i had done that with a turkey before and it got away yeah and after that happened i was like i'm i'm just not gonna let that happen with another animal i'm gonna get reloaded yeah. and make sure before i walk up there and uh, see i'm the opposite with like an archery turkey if i shoot an archery turkey i'm out the blind running okay, after with it. the archery turkey yes yeah yes. gun no, turkey I, yeah. I would be i'd be running after it but but at, but i would be bringing my bow before <laughs> i had ran up there without any without my shotgun or anything and i got yeah. it took off so i was unprepared <laughs> and that wasn't gonna happen with this one no no way so so tell me about getting up to this buck uh, well, there was no ground shrinkage. I, I honestly was thinking this deer, I thought he was going to score low to mid eighties, yeah. um, which my, my biggest deer in the past was 151. So this was a big, big jump for me. Yeah. Um, if he scored, if he would have scored 165, I would have been thrilled, which I thought he was bigger, but if he was in the 180, I'd be really thrilled. But mm -hmm. when we started adding all the numbers together, um the neighbor actually had some pictures of this deer and he knows my cousin he wanted to come over and see mm -hmm. he was there to keep us honest well well it was my best friend who was scoring scoring the deer but he he ended up going 195 and seven eighths and when i heard that my jaw just really dropped i'm like man i i 
I was going to be happy if I ever killed, you know, a couple 170 inch deer, but to, yeah. to go up into the 190s was the super giant, man. Yeah. It, it, I just felt really blessed. Yeah. I can only imagine that's an absolute stud, man. And animal. you have the rack with you. I do. I do. I, I took him to the processor and then took him to get mounted and he, he cut it off and I'm going to bring it back to him when we're done. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those, Hey, can I take the rack with me? I don't trust yeah, anybody. <laughs> yeah, I don't want anybody stealing that from the shop right there, but it's, wow. I don't know if I can get them all. I may have to scoop back some. Yeah. I mean, that's a good problem to have. Yeah, Man, he no, is cool. He just had a lot of character. He had 16 scoreable. Like you can see right here, uh, his G2 was split here. You know, he's, he's going yeah. to, He's gonna gross. He or he grossed one. Night. I I don't know what he netted yet. I, it don't matter, man. That's what he yeah, is. He That's what I would say. Horrible. Uh, here's one of the kickers he had on the side, and this is one thing I loved about him. He carried his here on his G two or on his uh two three four five between his five and main beam there. Yeah. That is actually would have been one. Or like look how much mass he carries. Yeah. Right there. He just. The thing that surprised me most is why he went so big was the the mass on this deer. That just, dude, and he's just got a big, wide frame. He's just really impressive looking the way he carries everything through. That's I and I I didn't really want to share this on the podcast because I didn't really want anybody else knowing. But don't say I anything actually, that you don't want out there. Oh no, it's <laughs> it's it, no, it's okay. There was a uh, there was another really big deer uh probably in the mid 70s mm -hmm. um and i actually that opening week i I'd, I'd seen some does but i saw him right at last shooting light one last night that last night and i was i had really thought about shooting him but i'd made i'd made up my mind that i was just gonna hunt him but man from 150 to whatever and then, yeah um but it, it all ended up paying off and it was. It's an absolute giant, man. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I actually, I think within a day of you shooting that, I got text messages uh, from Mark about it. He was oh, like, cool. Check cool. this out. I'm like, oh man, that is a stud. Well, so, like I, I, I used to, I used to film <laughs> for Terry and yeah. uh, I immediately, I got a hold of Mark and Terry. I, I uh, asked Mark about, you know, uh, John Dittmer, you know, taxidermy. And, mm -hmm. um, and he said, well, send me pictures, see what you got. And he, he had nothing but nice things to say. And I, I really appreciate it, Mark. And I appreciate it, Terry. I enjoyed our conversations and mm -hmm. I really appreciated my, enjoyed my time with you guys too. I learned uh, more than I could even like, yeah, I can only imagine, so man. Much, uh, being around those guys. So. Well, dude, I'm I'm happy for you on that deer. That is awesome. And to get it so October 1st is when our season opens here. So at the time of this recording, it's season here in Illinois and Iowa today. Um just open, but it's hotter than heck. Um but I'm I'm going to probably get out and try and wax a doe or something in one of my like low pressure areas or something like that, but cool, um, man. Like doing this, I'm hoping this is rubbing some good juju off. I know, I, I know, I hope so too. <laughs> uh, our opener was actually today in Oklahoma as well, so good luck to everybody out there. Um, it's tomorrow, cool, man. You got pressure off birthday. you. Tomorrow's my birthday. I've always wanted to kill a birthday buck, but I told yeah. my wife after I killed this one, I'm not going to do much more hunting the rest of the year. But I was talking to her last yeah. night about maybe going tomorrow. Said my birthday. I said, well, you. You already killed a buck. Why do you need to go again? I said, well, I've always wanted to kill a birthday buck. 
It's my so. birthday. Well, happy birthday, man. Hopefully you can Thanks, pull man. that off. Um, I mean, you got to feel good about, you know, getting a super giant like that buck of a lifetime. And then now like pressure's off, like uh, days that it's not perfect, like weather condition wise, like you can hang out with your boy and not feel yes. like that hunting guilt. Like I should be out there, you know, or whatever. Like I have that eats at me if I have a tag and I'm like, I should be going, but it's hard to leave the family sometimes. And so it's going to be a lot easier to sit at home uh, and hang out with my son and yeah. just relax some on the weekends now. For sure. Yeah. I love it, man. It, that thing's an absolute giant. So like, were you just having a bunch of people hit you up about it or is there anything else? Like, you know, you said the neighbor had trail cam pictures. Did you I learn had, any more about the deer besides the neighbor? I did. I had one more thing. Um, and I can show you here mm -hmm. my, uh, I, I made friends with the guy that processed the deer. He, mm -hmm. he had let me take him, freeze him, you know, get and then so I could take him back out that evening, take some nice evening pictures. Yeah. But uh, he texted me last night and he said, you want you want to add something cool, uh, something cool to the story on your deer. He found a broadhead in the shoulder of my deer. So he had been shot last year. Uh, here you can see it buried in the fatty tissue. I don't know how we can see it, but um, it's kind of, oh yeah. Maybe that maybe you can send those to me and I'll overlay them. We'll see how yeah, graphic yeah, it is. Yeah, but he found he found a broadhead in the deer, and so I, I apparently it had to be from last year because there was no fresh cuts or anything. Yeah. So apparently he was pretty big last year too, or somebody. But the neighbor never said anything like, "Oh, I hit this buck last year" or anything like that. No, but there was hunting pre there was hunting pressure from northeast, south, west. I mean, there was pressure from every corner. So I don't. It was probably a different neighborhood shot them. I'm wondering if the, once this podcast comes out, if uh, you'll get somebody like, hey, man, that I hit that buck or I didn't realize it, but that's the buck I shot. You know what I mean? Something like that. You know, and if so, that'd be that'd be really cool. So he could know the, you know. And, and maybe you could get some trail cam photos from the year prior. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, because this is my first year on that farm, so. Well, it worked yeah, out. Really cool to have. Yes, yes. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me in the middle of the day like this. And uh, man, just it was it was awesome talking to you. And uh, kill a birthday buck, man. And then we'll do another <laughs> giant tracker segment with your next one. <laughs> uh, yeah. If if I shoot a you know a 120 inch eight point uh, you know old deer, I'll, I'll be happy. So yeah, I'm not I'm not expecting another one like this for for quite a while. But hey, man, I mean. It really is a buck of a lifetime, but I've seen crazier stuff. You know, there's, you know, one, one of my buddies, Ross, he shot a 200 and he's like, Oh, that'd be the biggest you ever shoot. Then he shoots another one five years later. That'd be the biggest you ever shoot. Then last season shot a CS three. Well, hopefully, I, hopefully we can keep the ball rolling. It wouldn't hurt my feelings any. I, I would be, I'd feel blessed, but I, I'm, I'm happy with where I'm at right now. So when I grew, I grew up hunting in Fulton County, Illinois. And one of the guys I grew up hunting with, my dad killed 191 inch, like mainframe eight, just a giant. And I always remember him saying, deer like that just don't come around. And I was like, man, that is so true. It's just not common for a lot of people to have deer like that come around. So um, you'll go down as a legend in your family, I'm sure, because of that deer, which is cool. Well, thanks, man. I, I've, I, I, and I knew getting those pictures that I mean, I've ran cameras on some pretty nice places for mm -hmm. a long time now and never had anything like that. And I knew I had to, I knew I had to put the time in and yeah thing in my power to to try to get it done and luck I've, there was a lot of luck came together yeah well it's cool because you know this is the third giant tracker segment we've done and so far everybody we've talked to is uh very aware of 
the quality of the animal they shot and very respectful and appreciative of it. And that I love seeing that. I think that's how everybody should be because you always kind of, I'm a measure and I've talked to a lot of guys who've shot super giants and a couple of them were kind of like, yeah, you know what I mean? Just not really into what it was. And I'm like, man, I don't get that. No, the truth, the truth be told is I didn't, I didn't care if I measured like, my buddies was really wanting to get the tape to him and everything, but yeah. I was so happy. And like, you know, if he was going to go one six, he's gonna be happy. If he's gonna be 200, I was going to be happy. But right. when he did put the tape to it and he was that, I was just, my, my mind was blown. Just a <laughs> bonus. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's all about the animals and the, uh, it's in the, the time you get to spend with your friends in the outdoors. Like we talked about, it's yeah. Those memories are all we're going to have to take with us. So. Exactly. Exactly, man. Well, I appreciate you doing this and I appreciate everybody tuning in to the third installment of the giant tracker segment. Uh, you got anything you want to close out with or anything? Uh, just good luck to everyone to, you know, today is opening day, uh, in a lot of States. So everybody yep. stay safe and I hope you guys have a great year for sure. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. You know what to do. Go shoot a giant. Appreciate you guys. Good luck out there. search for the one they call king but who will take his throne tune in to waypoint tv's battle for silver saturday may 18th from 12 to 6 p.m eastern presented by abyss battery waypoint tv